This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It's Monday morning at MPB Think Radio. That means Deep South Dining with Malcolm White and Carol Puckett. And here we are. And Java Chapman. Good morning, Java. The main mixer. He's the main man. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Well, it's uh, sort of fallish. We are headed into October. Uh, The state fair is just around the corner. We'll talk about that in the second segment of the show. We'll talk about the free biscuit booth, among other things, and fair food. One of Java's favorites, fair food. It really is. You know, it's one of those once-a-year things that you can go and get a deep-fried whatever you want. (laughs) So, you you know, you have to partake. Well, di- you're going to be our man on the midway. I like and that. Yeah. Doing, yeah. yeah, you need to do a report. You know, we had Fatty Laflow, La, La or what was our chef's name? He called in last year and gave us a report from the fair. Uh, he did indeed. And uh, anyway, he hasn't uh, surfaced this year, so we may have to send down Java to do a food report. Yeah, you know, I have the little one, so it's like required mm. uh, <laughs> a required activity. So. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, sunchokes. We had a uh, caller last week call in about a um, artichoke relish. So, so this fellow calls in and he's talking about this artichoke relish. And uh, we we get around to what sort of artichokes do you use? We're thinking it's the traditional California uh, artichokes. And then another uh, person chimes in and says, "No, it's sunchokes." And, and then, Which are a type of sunflower. Correcto changeo. And then after the show, we got a follow-up email from a listener uh, to, to even further clarify. Uh, and it says, um, hey, neighbor, the caller that called in about the artichoke relish was talking about Jerusalem artichokes slash sunchokes. They are grown in Mississippi and kind of look like a swamp sunflower, but have an edible root. I have some in my yard, and she sent a nice photograph. Well, and we can all make artichoke relish. There were several recipes online, um, and one of the many names for it I just love, and that is an earth apple. Earth apple. Yes. And it's I, rich in iron. And I hear that chefs who often use the sunchoke refer to it as a fartichoke. Malcolm. Well, I'm just telling you what I saw when we Googled the information. Yes, that indeed is true. But you can also mash it, roast it, and saute it. So it is a local vegetable uh, to be incorporated into a relish or a mash or I guess a soup even. I'm sure you could do a soup with it if you can mash, roast, or saute it. So that's the clarification of the artichoke But just beware where you eat it. Correct. Well, it, being fall, I know, Carol, another one of your favorite topics beside the Mississippi State Fair, the 162nd Mississippi State Fair, is pumpkin spice. And now it, Every it year is, we, we touch on pumpkin spice. It is my most unfavorite Uh-oh. time of year as far as food is concerned because it is wrong, wrong, wrong. Mm. I mean, I love pumpkin spice. I love pumpkin pie. I love Thanksgiving. But October 1st heralds Mm. the release of many, many pumpkin products. And, you know, 
Malcolm, there are so many companies that know better that have now jumped on the bandwagon that you think would be leaders instead of followers. And so I wrote. A they just can't of, resist. Yeah, I, I wrote a couple of new ones. I know last year we talked about pumpkin spice spam. No, I, I remember you and Java it fondly. Some, and I don't think you ever. Java, ate. you never gave a report on I it. I never cracked the can. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't pull myself to do it. I understood. Understood. You know, I think Starbucks started the trend years ago with the pumpkin spice latte, but mm. now here you go. Pumpkin spice ramen. Ugh. Ugh. For all the ramen fans out there, stand up against this. I know it. Pumpkin spice salsa. And it's made by, you know, Mrs. Renfro has been making some really grand uh, salsas for years, and they call it Thanksgiving on a chip. Oh, how is Mrs. Renfro? I haven't heard. Well, from obviously her she's not well. She is not well if she's doing Thanksgiving it. on a chip. Yeah, okay. that's stooping. Okay, pumpkins. Oh gosh, pumpkin spice Pringles. Oh no, no, no. no. Okay, here you go. here you go. Pumpkin spice Jello. Okay. Oh. Have you ever had your eating a piece of pumpkin pie and you think, boy, I wish this would jiggle a little more? <laughs> this would be let great me, if. Let me have some pumpkin pie jello. <laughs> what do you think, Java? Ugh. I'm with you, Kara. I thought some some brands would be better than better this. Better than this. <laughs> yeah. And I, I won't keep as much longer, but uh, Jeff is making pumpkin spice whipped peanut butter. Yeah. And you can even get protein powder in pumpkin spice now. What about a pumpkin spice biscuit? That wouldn't be so. I mean, I like a sweet potato biscuit. Yeah. Really, that would that would not that would not just gross me out. We'll pose that to Jessie later in the show. Yeah, she, I she'd think. be the Mississippi Gulf Coast biscuit queen. But. Uh, even Kit Kats and Pop Tarts have Ugh. pumpkin spice. So Lord. that's my report. I'm sure next year the list will, will we'll be continue. even long. But yes. I, I really wonder what our listeners think about yeah. this. Does anybody feel as we do? Or, or maybe there's big spice to death, or they love it. There may be a huge pumpkin spice fan club out there. I know for with, pumpkin spice with elected jello. officials, you know, with leadership but and committees. Yes, but don't serve pumpkin <laughs> spice jello to me on Thanksgiving. No thanks, no thanks. Well, what's been cooking? We uh, at our house been kind of a quiet week. We Kara did make a beautiful bowl of uh, white chicken chili, which you know we were trying to sort of promote fall in the house here you, you know it's time it's warm it's cooling down a little bit we it's had that trending. little it's we trending. had that little snap uh last week yeah so she whipped up a giant pot of uh white chicken chili and it's delish delish we're still eating on it well i think it's always good when you introduce chili <clears throat> to the season there's there's meaning behind that java how do you feel about chicken chili i like a good chili chicken, good chicken. okay with yeah, you? the chicken. white the white yeah, chicken in, chili. in the chili. The, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, just a white chili made instead of a red or dark chili. You ever had? Uh, I can, I think maybe like once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, as long as it's hearty. You you, know? You're fine with it. Yeah, we had fine. We had beans in it. Yeah. Onions, uh, peppers. Yeah. Did it have white beans in yes. it? Yes. Yes. White beans. It was beautiful. Yeah. And, it's, and it's quite, quite tasty. Well, um. Malcolm, are you going to the fair? Uh, you know, I don't think I'm going to go this year, Carol, but uh, I know the fair will go on despite my absence, as in this is the 162nd Mississippi 
State Fair. I was thinking maybe we would meet down on the Midway and, you know, do well, a few food stops, but I can tell you're not into it. Well, you know, if if you'd like for me to join you, I think Java is a better representative. He, We know Java's going. Yeah, I, that lunch, once I was of age and knew that the lunch was, like, free, you can just go and eat. Really? I, I was, I'm down there. I have to go once a year. Like, a Pronto Pump, a Pronto Pump has my name on it. Like already got, with well, mustard or not? Oh, well, lots of mustard, ketchup, yeah. or, or just no ketchup, just, just ketchup on the pronto puff. No, no ketchup anyway. I'm, I'm sorry, mustard. Sorry, 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 sorry. We know yeah. the Mississippi <laughs> State Fair has really come into its own in the past few years. I mean, we've moved past pronto puffs, past funnel cakes, yep. and you know we're doing some of the same things that the really legendary food state fairs, Iowa and Texas, do. And one of those. What makes them legendary? Are they older they than have, 162 years? No, I don't years? know if they are or not, but they always debut oh, some oh. really gross food. And so they're trendsetters they're in, trendsetters the, in, fair in food. the food. They're trendsetters in the food. Okay, like right. here you go. Well, deep fried butter oh. we, we've talked about, but I actually found a YouTube on how to deep fry butter in case any of our listeners want to know. Well, well go ahead. Share it. it okay. I mean, you take your stick of butter yeah. and you freeze it. No, no, no. You take your stick of butter out of the refrigerator. You take a skewer mm. and push it halfway into the butter. Okay. And it's really good if you kind of leave the wrapper loosely, just so you can hold the butter. I can tell Malcolm's writing down the recipe. Yes, I'm. I'm. So then you stick your butter in the freezer, mm-hmm. and while it's freezing, you make pancake batter. Okay. Or you can just use a commercial pancake batter. Or wa- or waffle mix. Sure, One same thing. Think. Okay, yeah. so add a little honey, add a little cinnamon, and if it's not really thick. Add a tablespoon of flour at a time, you know, just one tablespoon at a time until it gets mm. a consistency that will stick. And then you stick the frozen butter down in it? Well, you, actually— Do you cook you, it frozen? You pour the batter into a like a drinking glass because, you know, you need something fairly thin to uh-huh, dip right. it so you get get your batter all the way down. Vertical. Yeah. Vertical. You. And you swish it around. And into the grease. And into the fryer for about three minutes. And then you glaze it. So you can make a little glaze with confectioner sugar and vanilla and hmm. a little milk. and Unbelievable. I know. I was uh, watching uh, a Braves baseball game the other night. And the uh, announcers, Chip Carey and others, Frenchie, were talking about the introduction of new food at at the ballpark, and they were all excited about a new dish that the concessionaires had come up with, and it was a deep-fried hot dog. And I hmm, thought, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm not Java deep-fried hot dog. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll try anything once. <laughs> but um, is is it would that be? A Does corn, that take the place dog? of a bun? Yeah, is, is it, or do you take the whole bun and, and deep fry? I think you, yeah, I think you fry the whole thing. No, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I was just listening. We have to do a deeper investigation. We do, yeah, and, okay. and how about chocolate covered bacon? That is also a popular fair food. 
I believe I, Texas introduced that. And then there's the fried Oreos, the fried Twinkies. We know about these. Which the fried donuts. become passe. Like, it's just. Yeah, yeah that's old uh, school. There's that's also fried beer. And one that fried inter- beer. interested wow. me is fried Kool-Aid balls. Good Lord. <laughs> I mean, can you think about how lime Kool-Aid would look like in fried in a ball? What about... Uh, What's the pickles that are marinated in the Kool-Aid? Kool-Aid. What about fried Kool-Aid? Huh? I don't. Now, I said I tried anything once. I I may have to pass on that one. Well, um, I see here the Dallas Hot Bird Dog. I saw that one. A smoked turkey frank dunked in a fiery, fiery seasoned (laughs) batter and deep fried, then smothered with rich and creamy mac and cheese. Java. Topped with fried jalapenos and then drizzled with hot sauce. It's too hot for me. It's too hot. The Dallas Hot Bird Dog. Mm. What about the Peach Cobbler Soul Rolls? I now, saw that. I could probably get behind that. Peaches that are <clears throat> battered in butter and spiced sugar mixed before being rolled into an egg roll and deep fried, topped with a generous amount of cinnamon sugar, cinnamon spice, and served with a side of because it's Texas. This came from Texas, obviously. Bluebell ice cream. I don't know. It's uh, it's fair season. Yeah. We, and, uh, Carol, do you think this talk about fair food is, is really exploring the culture of Southern flavor? I think it is, I Malcolm. Think it is I think too. we're in the sweet spot. All right. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk to Commissioner Andy Gibson about I'm, the. I one- bet people are glad we're taking a break <laughs> after talking about fried <laughs> butter. We're going to talk about the 162nd Mississippi State Fair with Ag and Commerce Commissioner Andy Gibson. He's going to tell us all about the fair food. He may be able to enlighten us on some of these dishes and the classic free biscuit booth how long can we continue to give away biscuits and in the third section of our show we'll have jesse zanor from the greenhouse on porter in ocean springs and the greenhouse biloxi a lot of talk about biscuits in the next portion of the show so stay tuned contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things listen to Fix It 101 podcast everywhere. Welcome back to Deep South Dining and happy Monday morning to one and all. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. What you doing over there Carol? Just I'm texting just, away. Just just texting away looking looking for uh some food notes. Some food notes. Well, we got a caller. Uh, Bailey is calling from Flowood, Mississippi. Hey, Bailey, what's going on? Good morning. Uh, I just wanted to chime in on the deep fried hot dog at the Brave Stadium. Deep fried hot dog is the way to go. Drop that bad boy in the fryer and let her go till the skin kind of busts open. It's crispy and awesome. You put it in a top split bun, top with a little coleslaw, and it is the best hot dog you'll ever have. So you only fry the wiener, is what you're telling and us. You don't, and do yeah. you batter it? No, no. I, mean, I don't do. I don't when I do mine. I just take the regular old naked hot dog, uh-huh. drop it in the grease, and let it ride till the till the skin kind of splits open. Oh man, it's the way to go. Not bad. Yeah, no. this, I this, think is, this is better. This is than, helpful. Yeah, this is helpful than dipping it in pancake. Yeah, batter. we were thinking you made the whole hot dog up, bun, condiments, and everything, breaded it, and threw the whole thing in the grease. 
Yeah, I don't know if that would work very well. That sounds kind of gross. It but, sounds uh, kind of gross, but kind listen, of. <laughs> you've given us a lot of relief this morning. We were very worried yeah, about yeah. deep fried hot dogs. So, do you serve these to your just yourself or your family and friends? Is it an entertaining dish? Oh, absolutely! They're great. Like if you have a if you have like a tabletop deep fryer, it's the way to go. If you don't have a handy dandy tabletop deep fryer, I don't know if it's worth the effort to be honest. But uh, if you got a deep fryer, yeah, man, they're great. Wow! Well, what this is your is preferred brand of hot dog? Yeah, uh, Nathan's. Nathan's. Uh, Nathan's Coney hot dog. Okay, uh, it's the only way to go. Well, we you know we kind of go back and forth here between Nathan's and Hebrew, Hebrew National. National. I, I like them both. Yeah. All beef, either way, you're getting all beef, and hard to beat that. So drop that sucker in the fryer and fry the dog, the wiener itself, then put it in the bun and dress it up yep. the way you like it. And I like your... Exactly. What all do you put on your hot dog? Uh, I like uh, it's either mustard and grilled onions or uh, a little Carolina style and throw some coleslaw on there. Either way, it's a real winner. That's great. Well, Bailey, thank you so much for listening to our show, and more importantly, thank you for calling in this morning and clarifying our confusion over the deep-fried hot dog. That was helpful. Yes, very. <laughs> very helpful. And I can see how it'll work, too, because it, it, it sounds like it will crisp up really nice. Really nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we welcome any further callers on other sub- subjects like fried butter, fried Kool-Aid, right. or any favorite fair food. Or fried Kool-Lickles. But at this time, it's time to welcome to our show Mississippi's Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce, Mr. Andy Gibson. Welcome, Commissioner. Well, good morning. Great to be with you all today. How you doing today? We are good. What's going on down at the Mississippi Fairgrounds? Well, a, a whole lot. The fair's rolling into town. we got the biscuit booth up and going. We're building a new thing called Mississippi Frontier Village and a oh. cane, cane mill. Some mules will be out there and a train ride. So. It's a lot of things to to start kicking off here Wednesday at 5 o'clock, the Mississippi State Fair. Now, the sorghum mill with the mules, that's a traditional um, uh, component of the State Fair, right? It it has for many, many years. Now, this is actually the first year we're bringing the mules back. We built uh, it. We had for a a few years here, we've had an automated machine, but we wanted to get back because we're building this frontier village, which is kind of a pioneer day's. Uh, theme okay. right by the biscuit booth, and we wanted to show folks uh, what what it might have been like to be a pioneer in Mississippi in the 1800s, and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's well, great. you know, we knew we were pioneers back in the <laughs> mid 20th century. I guess I'm kind of dating myself, but you could still go out in the country. Yeah. Not too long ago and see that. How about you, Malcolm? Did you see that Mississippi or Louisiana? <clears throat> well, you know, growing up in uh, when I went to high school in Boonville, there was a, a sorghum mill down the, the road there where they every almost every weekend Mr. Franks made uh, sorghum and people would flock just to participate in the activity and to get the fresh sorghum and the cane sugar. Is and that the same thing, Commissioner? Sorghum and cane sugar? Is that the same well, there are different varieties, but yeah, they're they're similar. So there is a sorghum molasses, and then there's a different, a sweeter uh, type of molasses. It just depends on the type of cane. There's so many different varieties of sugar cane, even grown in Mississippi, a blue ribbon cane, and it just depends on what cane you use as what flavor comes out. Gotcha. So we're going to talk a little bit about biscuits, and uh, everybody who goes to the fair knows that. I guess, how many years have we been giving away free biscuits since the early 80s? Well, it's actually started in the 1970s under Commissioner Jim Bug Ross, 
And uh, nobody knew when he started this in the early 70s what a, what a great tradition it would be all across the state. And that now I think uh, that Mississippi is the only state that does this in all 50 states. But we wanted to do something that would both be educational and delicious. And so we have had great sponsors over the years. Today our sponsors are Kroger and Prairie Farms and Blackburn Syrup. And uh, it's changed over the years, but we really appreciate our sponsors who do all the work. They they make uh, all this, the ingredients available, and uh, they, that's why we're able to give these biscuits away for free. And so uh, it's been going that long. We are we estimate every year approximately 100,000 biscuits that we bake and give now, away at the Mississippi there you State go. Fair. That is impressive. That is, yeah. that is very impressive. So whose recipe? Uh, are we using here, Commissioner, on these biscuits? Well, we're we're actually using the recipe that goes back uh, to uh, the 70s, but it was taken up by uh, Miss Augusta Lewis in our office here at the Department of Agriculture. She volunteers. She has the recipe. I've got the recipe here in front of me and can share it with you. If you but, wouldn't mind, we'd love to we hear would you. Really yeah. like to hear. And, and and as you're sharing it, my question is: Do you make biscuits at home? Uh, well, the answer is I do make biscuits, but I grew up eating my grandma's biscuits and my mama's biscuits, and mine ain't near as good as theirs. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> but, that, that's universal. But, but I will say this: uh, I, one of the one of the sayings that I love in the you know in the food world is that there are as many biscuit recipes as there are grandmothers. Uh, that's right. That's right. And each one is unique. Now, <laughs> I will say this: the the the, the recipe I'm about to give you is uh, as close to my mamaw's biscuits as anything I've ever had, and it's it's consistently good, so that's always important. So uh, are you ready? Yes, sir, All and right. our listeners are ready. They're pen and paper. Well, here we go. You're going to take four cups of self-rising flour. Of course, we use Kroger's self-rising flour, and for the biscuit booth, incidentally, we buy 72, they give us 7,200 pounds of uh, self-rising flour. But you're going to need four cups of self-rising flour, two cups of Prairie Farms cold buttermilk, three-quarters cup shortening, and you want to be sure you got on hand that Blackburn's syrup, uh, nothing like Blackburn-made syrup. And then you're going to take your ingredients, pre- preheat your oven to 400 degrees, lightly coat a large baking dish or cookie sheet with, a sheet with shortening and cooking spray, and and then in a large bowl, you add your flour, dig a well in the middle of that flour, and add the shortening. And using your hand or fork or pastry cutter, cut shortening the flour till crumbly, till it's crumbly, and dig a well. Add buttermilk then, and stir till you got a soft ball of dough that forms. And lightly flour a flat surface, put that ball of dough on the floured surface, and use your hands to flatten it about a half inch thick. Using a two-inch tin can or biscuit cutter, you cut that out. Don't twist it. Just stick it down there. Uh, cut them out and place them on the baking sheet. Bake 10 to 12 minutes or until light golden brown. And I can. the great thing is I can send you this in writing so y'all can share it with the good folks whenever they call in. Yes, we'll post it with our podcast. Uh, yeah. Right, Java? Absolutely. Those, yeah. Let, uh, let me ask you a question. I'm assuming that the shortening is cold or it's not. It, it does not. It does no, not it's have not. To be it's actually room temperature. Uh, we have, as I mentioned, we have seventy-two hundred pounds of the flour at the biscuit booth. About five hundred thirty gallons of uh, half-gallon jugs of Prairie Farms buttermilk, and one hundred sixty gallons of syrup, and six hundred pounds of shortening, fifty pounds <laughs> box. 
and we keep the only thing that is uh, cold is that buttermilk. We keep it refrigerated, of course, but the rest of it is uh, room temperature. So let me ask you a question about your personal preferences. All right. You know, if you put your biscuits, if you bump them up towards each other when you're, you know, when you're mm-hmm. cooking, if you nestle them together, that makes them soft-sided. Mm-hmm. When you spread them apart and bake them, that makes the sides crispy. Are right. you a soft or crispy? I like the soft. I like them bunched up against each other and and get it also makes them rise a little more when you do that if they're if they're yeah when not, they're holding on to each other that's they, right yeah they they do rise but, a little better you know i like to take that fresh hot homemade buttermilk biscuit and soft on the edges and bust it open with my fingers and spread some either some butter in there or some blackburn syrup or whatever else the occasion may be even homemade preserves i think i'm thinking about fig preserves right now mm, that you, love that, them yeah we, we get to enjoy so nothing is bad on a homemade buttermilk biscuit. It's just good. So, Commissioner, tell us a little bit about the other fair food. We've been talking in the first segment of our show about some of these sort of peculiar uh, fair food items that you see at state fairs. What does the Mississippi State Fair offer in the way of fair food? Well, we've got a little bit of everything, of course. There are some staples that you will always find, and people, some people once a year come to enjoy these particular foods. The first one that comes to mind is the classic Malone's Taffy right here that's homemade oh, yeah. right here on the fairgrounds. It's a Mississippi company. They sell so much of this taffy because it is so good. And then don't, you go tell, up, don't tell your dentist. <laughs> don't tell your dentist. But, you know, if you have trouble with that, you can just let it melt in your mouth. All there right? you go. Yeah, there Malcolm, you. we both probably have some Malone's Taffy fillings. <laughs> oh, boy. For me and kids. <laughs> That's right. And you go a little further down the midway, and you're going to encounter the uh, classic, the famous Mississippi Cattleman's ribeye sandwich. You can get ribeye sandwiches cooked right there on the spot by the Mississippi Cattleman's Association. And they also have hamburgers and other beef products, but it's all about Mississippi beef there. And uh, a lot of people come and get that and have have a meal there uh, where you can sit down at the Cattleman's uh, Beef Barn, it's called. And then I love to go, one of my personal favorites is the roasted corn. You know, this time of year, mm-hmm. uh, you've got that campfire going, and they're roasting that good old sweet corn, and it's just something about it that is delicious. And it's healthy. Now, you can get it you can get it healthy or not so healthy. You can get it dipped in butter. But right. uh, I kind of go, you know, kind of split the difference on that. Now, elephant ears, you know, the, the fried foods, the things that – People come and splurge on uh, whether it's elephant ears or uh, other fried, you know, fair food products down the, all the way down the, the midway, and then some great things to drink, uh, whether it's lemonade or uh, you know uh, frozen slushies. It's all here at the Mississippi State Fair. Well, earlier in the show, we were talking about fried butter, which was popularized <laughs> at the Texas State Fair and the Iowa State Fair. Do yep. we have a fried butter booth at the Mississippi State Fair? At, at this point, we do not have deep-fried butter, but, you know, uh, anything's possible. If we have a vendor out here that would like to get in that, I'm sure they can get it done. And but, here's another hot tip for you. At the Orange <coughs> County Fair in California, they have deep-fried butter and chocolate-covered bacon, and mm. they sell it as a coronary combo. Good chocolate-covered bacon. I've heard it all now. 
Yeah. Now, yeah. Commissioner, from a lot of your recent public statements, uh, I'm quite certain that we will not be seeing marijuana brownies at the state fair. No, no marijuana brownies at the state fair. That's actually uh, illegal under state and federal law. But, uh, you know, I heard that the California State Fair was having a marijuana uh judging contest out there so well there you go it, it, it hadn't come to mississippi yet i mean <laughs> i think that's i think it's gonna be a while i think it's gonna be you a talk while about too. some happy judges i don't know you know those are the things that are really beyond my comprehension how do you do that but it is what it is and california is always way out there but we are really excited. Uh, we got some new things that are coming to the state fair, like the like I mentioned, the Frontier Village. We have a bull riding next Saturday night oh, in the e- Equine Center. We've got a rodeo next Sunday. Uh, we've got a big top circus here, the old style Zerbini family circus. Love the Zerbinis. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, they're they're terrific. What about music? Well, we've got some wonderful music lined up, and it's something for everybody. We've got. Uh, uh, on the on the Budweiser stage, there's Smash Mouth for those who like that style back from the '90s. We've got Genuine, which is uh, a classic, uh, uh, you know, uh, rock as well. Uh, and then Riley Green, uh, country music. The Bar Kays. We've got the Mississippi Mass Choir and Kayla Berry. And then every night we have local talent on our Trustmark stage, and uh, all of that is free. Every, every musical inter- uh, entertainment, every act is free just with your regular fair admission. Well, that's great. It's coming up Wednesday, right, Commissioner? Starting Wednesday at 5 o'clock, I'll be out here and cut the ribbon, and the Mississippi State Fair will commence. Well, good luck with that, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Deep South Dining. Carol, do you have a final question for the Commissioner? I just hope that I can get down there and eat some of those free biscuits. You yeah. come on. By the way, I failed to mention, we've got a biscuit-eating contest this coming Saturday at high noon. By the mm. biscuit booth, so come see who can eat the most biscuits. We may have to have a contestant yeah, but, from know, uh, MPB here, right? And you know, Malcolm and I have judged several <clears throat> different food groups. Malcolm, we've never yeah, judged yeah. biscuits. No, we well, haven't. This will be the first ever Mississippi homemade biscuit eating contest. Wow. Saturday at noon. Come on down. Good. Day. Okay. Thanks a lot, Commissioner. Good Thank luck you. on the 162nd Mississippi State Fair at the Mississippi State Fairground starting Wednesday. That was Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce, Andy Gibson. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to a great friend of ours and a a great uh, cooking and coping contributor, Jesse Zanor from Greenhouse on Porter and Ocean Springs and Greenhouse Biloxi. They are known for their great biscuits, and we will talk about how you maintain a business, even if it's biscuits, during the pandemic. And we'll talk about biscuit-making tips. It's going to be more tips. We'll, we'll compare Jesse's biscuit recipe to Commissioner Andy Gibson's recipe. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss that. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. 
tuned to MPB Think Radio. This show is called Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White with my skillet buddy, Carol Puckett. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. I'm your biscuit buddy, too. That's right. Today, it's all about the biscuit. One of my favorite things to talk about. Well, we talked to the Commissioner of Ag and Commerce about the Mississippi State Fair and the free biscuit giveaway. Now, we're going to talk about... Uh, more biscuits with our great friend from Ocean Springs, Jessie Zanor. She's the owner, co-owner of the uh, greenhouse on Porter, which is a magnificent uh, old greenhouse in Ocean Springs with uh, terrific food and great entertainment. And they've also expanded to Biloxi, and now they have a greenhouse Biloxi. So, Jessie, it's an empire. It's an empire. Jessie, welcome back to Deep South Dining. Hi, thank you for having me. Pleasure, my friend. Pleasure. How's everything going? Oh, it's going pretty well. We're just gearing up for cruising the coast this week, um, down on the whole Gulf Coast pretty much, but they're having a giant party outside of the Bluxy shop, so we're gearing up for that. Great, great. A lot of biscuits will be consumed. (laughs) So many biscuits. So many biscuits. How how many biscuits do you make uh, for for a weekend like cruising the coast? For cruising the coast, well, Wednesday is going to be our biggest day, but I believe we'll probably make three or 400 biscuits for that day, mm. which is a lot of biscuits. <clears throat> so other stuff too. <laughs> when you guys were creating your business model and, you know, thinking about opening up a, a restaurant and a gathering place with music and community, how did you settle on biscuits as the uh, main attraction? Well, that actually belongs to my business partner, Kate. Um, She really loved making jams and started making biscuits as a vehicle to display her jams on. And we started making them together, and they just kind of started turning into things other than just biscuits. They became a canvas for other stuff, so it just went from there. And tell us what sorts of things uh, you put on a biscuit at your establishments. Um, well, we don't really have any boundaries with that. <laughs> we'll put just about anything in a biscuit. How about a fried hot dog? Um, oh, maybe draw the line there. I was Well, you um, said no boundaries. I was just checking your boundaries. Here. Well, Malcolm, it's not that different from uh, sausage, fried, yeah, fried sausage. I think you're onto something. I don't know. Well, Jesse, do you all do sausage? I, yeah, we do do sausage, and we're actually working on doing a pigs in a blanket right now with some Koneka sausage. There you go. Um, so it's just a hot dog thing, and that's really just personal for me. Gotcha, but, gotcha. <laughs> they do yeah, not meet like your dietary <laughs> regulations. <laughs> well, I, I want to like them. They're so American, but I yeah. just can't. <laughs> I understand. There's a lot of things I want to like that I can't. So... Talk to us a little bit about how the pandemic has affected your business. It seems like you actually expanded during the pandemic. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, we opened the Biloxi shop a month before the pandemic, kind of the before the shutdown started, really. Um, and so it created the longest soft opening in history, I believe, for us. And it gave us a bit of time to kind of get on our feet in Biloxi, thankfully. Um so where is your location in Biloxi? I know that in Ocean Springs you're on Porter Street and uh, in the old greenhouse, but where are you in Biloxi? In Biloxi, we are just off of Howard Avenue in the historic downtown area um, on a little street called George Orr, and they oh, just yeah. created a new gr- uh, town green there. 
And so we're right on a little park and next to a record store. It's a really sweet neighborhood. Is this the Vue Marche? Uh, it's right. We're adjacent to the Vue Marche. Gotcha. Gotcha. What was your first biscuit and what is your best-selling biscuit? Oh, that's a hard one. You know, our first biscuit was really the simple biscuit, just plain biscuit. Um, but our first one that really caught on as one of the one with flavors, the sweet potato. We started out really simple, and then just started building on as we kind of got acquainted with biscuit in general. Um, our best selling biscuits, I think, are the chocolate chocolate chip biscuits with peanut butter fluff. Mm. People Whoa. go to town for those things. I'm sure Sounds you great. have a lot of people that are just classicists, traditionalists, and just want a plain biscuit. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's well, nothing wrong with a simple biscuit. Uh, a simple biscuit. And buttermilk and, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You put a little honey butter on it and you're good to go. Uh, Jesse, can you share uh, sort of a version of your biscuit recipe? I know you don't want to give away your trade secrets. I'll and... give away our biscuit recipe. I mean, it's we put it on a um, postcard. We have it to sell. I mean, really, biscuits are our biscuit recipe is nothing special. It's just biscuit recipe. It's standard. Um, it's two cups of all-purpose flour, one tablespoon of baking powder, three-quarter teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of black pepper, and you mix all that together, then you cut in little chunks of cold butter, um, and you want to use your fingertips or a biscuit cutter until they get into sizes about the size of an eraser head. And then you add a cup of full-fat buttermilk, and you only mix until it comes together. You don't want to mix any more. And then you pat it out and cut it into biscuits. Hmm. Could you send us the recipe? You say it's on a postcard. I guess we could, we'd love to put it on our website. I, yeah, I can send it. I believe I sent it to Java Chapman last time. I'll send it again. Okay, great. Yeah, Jesse, we, we, we have it, and I'll make sure to put it up. But I want to push back a little bit because that was that was really simple of a recipe. But how can people mess that up? Like, what are, what are it people is so doing easy, with, Java. This, with this so simple recipe to, to, over- to mess up your biscuits? You, to overwork the dough. Carol's so right. That's the that's the way to, quickest way to make a brick. Yeah, yeah keep stirring. Yeah, it's hands off as quickly as possible. So get it together yeah. and leave it alone. Do you use Pretty a much. southern flour for your biscuits? Um, you know, I I do like a southern flour, but really. These things are pretty forgiving as long as you don't overmix them. I mean, just use whatever flour you have as long as it's all purpose. Um, you can throw in a little whole wheat flour if you want to make it a little bit more rustic. You can add a little sugar if you want to make it sweeter. I mean, it's they're really just little canvases for whatever your heart's desire. What size biscuits do you do? Oh, uh, what size? They are about three to four inches by three to four inches we do them square so that we don't have any waste but yeah yeah when you do them round then you lose a lot of i guess baking space yeah you do you lose all those little bits and those bits cook up fine too but you know we just try not to waste it as much as we can well you know one one tip on the little bits and scraps left over when you're rolling out and, and jesse you can correct me on this but yeah, when people have have the scraps left over, don't roll it up into a ball because you're, you know, you're working the gluten more. Just take your scraps and pile them on top of each other, and then roll them out a little bit and 
cut them. Yeah, I mean, I the amount that you work at the best. Or just bake them with our and have fun little scraps and throw them in a salad or something. I yeah. mean, you know, just have fun make with it. Make a crouton, a biscuit crouton. <laughs> we do have biscuit croutons. We put them on our Caesar salad that we make at the shop. It's pretty fun. That <laughs> They're sounds delicious, delicious to me. Tell us about the coffee yeah. club uh, subscription. I think it's a new thing with you, right? The coffee club subscription? No, we started that at the very beginning. Um, coffee club... So you join at the beginning of the year, you get a free coffee mug, and we used to have local artists make them, but since the pandemic, we just went to having a go cup because nobody was coming in and drinking out of their mugs, but you you get a coffee mug, and you get free coffee all January, and then dollar coffee for the rest of the year, and it's kind of a way to build our community and honor our regulars and make a family. And speaking of families, you guys are notorious for using local suppliers and supporting uh, Mississippi and, and Mississippi Gulf Coast suppliers. Talk a little bit about that and who you're working with. Oh, that uh, we, we work with all sorts of folks. We get our honey for our honey butter from a, one of our customers who came in and said, I, my husband makes honey, and so we get honey from them. Um, we get our milk. used to be from Country Girl, but they... They decided to retire, so now we get our milk right out of Louisiana, and a lot of our produce actually comes from Louisiana, um, but we buy it locally whenever we can. If somebody's selling blueberries or strawberries, locally, we'll snatch those up as quick as we can. Um, we just we want to serve what's in freshest and in season and support our local economy and make the best food we can. Well, tell us about the, um, the music portion of your operation the greenhouse presents are you still doing that i know with covid that probably got slightly disrupted yeah that's slowed down quite a bit um from covid and we've had several shows probably not several five or six shows we were doing three shows a week out in the yard or in the greenhouse if the weather was bad um but we have we've kind of gone down to about one show a month and we have set it up as so it can be socially distanced outside and it is just magical. You know, people bring their kids. It's early in the evening. Kids get together and dance. There's a musician on stage, usually from our area. And everybody, it's just so nice to get everybody together in a family atmosphere, one that's safe and spread out and that people can just relax. And right now I think that's the most important um, most important thing we can do is kind of find ways to come together and be safe at the same time. I want to go back to biscuits and talk yeah. about some of your biscuit sandwiches. Okay. Which ones do you want to talk about? Like are the sandwiches on biscuits or just our special biscuits I that want, are kind no, of crazy No, the sandwiches, sandwiches, well, go for both. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you know, so one of, one of our favorite things to do is see what we can get into a biscuit. And so... I love the broccoli and cheese biscuit. It's almost like broccoli and cheese casserole all in a biscuit, and then you top it with the tomatoes and the stuff we call fluff, and it is just a whole meal in yourself, and you feel like you're at a church picnic. Mm-hmm. So um, what would you suggest you know, for a person at home to, uh, to make a broccoli and, and cheese biscuit? <laughs> well, um, Do I you would make it like goop? I mean, do you do you get the broccoli and cheese? You make like a, a casserole type broccoli and cheese. 
No, you know, we just roast we roast the broccoli and then instead of we take some of the butter away so because cheese is so fatty and then we mix in some cheese at the same time we mix in the butter and right before we're ready to stop stirring we add all the broccoli and some spices like some more pepper, garlic or chili flakes or something like that and mix it together and just throw it in there and bake it like normal and I think that the butter and cheese and the biscuit dough are kind of cooks the broccoli into that good casserole flavor. So it's just all uh, incorporated into the biscuit batter. Yes. I got you. Okay. So it's like a broccoli I thought we were talking cheese biscuit. Pocket or slot. Yeah. No, cooked in. And then you top it with like you you cut it in half and then you top it with the hot tomatoes and like some fluff or some kind of creamy goodness. What is fluff? Fluff is our secret Weapon. Oh, oh, okay. I don't can't can't <laughs> talk so about it in mixed company. No, but it it is good and it's dairy and it's creamy and it's you know it's not marshmallow fluff, but we've made marshmallow fluff before. It's just mm. another canvas to decorate. We make espresso fluff or goat fluff or all sorts of fluff. Now I'm you're intrigued. also yeah you're also a coffee shop, right, Jesse? Yes coffee shop as well yeah and i follow you on uh social media so you guys make a lot of interesting soups too is there a, a soup maker in the house oh uh, you know it the soup duties go rotate around um lately i've been making a lot of the soups just because of the day I'm, it falls on um but we just dream up whatever makes us happy i mean both kate and i and most of our staff love soup it's a delicious part of a meal um, and comforting. So it's just kind of whatever we're feeling, whatever's in season. Well, Malcolm comes from a very soup. strong soup heritage. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Malcolm, Malcolm's brother, Hal, who is sadly no longer with us, uh, was well known for his soups. And in Malcolm's book, there were pictures of some of the worn recipe cards from from Hal Soup. So I, I know you uh, you and Jesse have a lot to talk about there. Yeah. Well, I love <laughs> soups, and particularly this time of year, but I've noticed that you've been making some really interesting ones lately and posting them on social media. <laughs> Name one. Thank you. Yeah. Some, what are some of your favorites? What are some of the customer favorites that you've you've created? You know, um, our chicken and, chicken and rice soup, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. And that makes everybody feel really good. It's just, it's almost like chicken and noodle, but we put wild rice in there instead of noodles so it holds up better. Um, and it's got lots of turmeric and spice in it. Um, our butternut squash soup is always good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, they change every time we make them because we don't really use recipes. We just kind of make them until they taste good and then go. Um, but this last one was a little bit, had a little bit of nutmeg and lots of garlic in it. And then we topped it with pumpkin seeds and Parmesan. Um, and it was just real fall, fall like mm. and rich. Um, Malcolm, I so love I that idea of making it till it tastes good. Yes, this is I, good. I think, <laughs> I think that could be a thing. Absolutely. Well, Jesse, how <laughs> do you feel? I know how to cook. <laughs> how do you feel about pumpkin spice? Oh, man. I You know, it was funny. We were listening to y'all talk about pumpkin spice earlier. I hate the term pumpkin spice. I love pumpkin pie. I love pom- pumpkin. I love pie. But the term pumpkin spice means absolutely nothing. It is yes. just spices that make that go into a pie. 
That's, That's right. So I, I'm so just dumb. guessing that you're not going to have <laughs> pumpkin spice jello on your Thanksgiving table. No, no, but I will have pumpkin pie, and we do make pumpkin pie biscuits, and we paint, make pumpkin biscuits, but we will not have pumpkin spice anything right. in our shop or on my Thanksgiving table or anywhere near my house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes! I'm with you, sister. Jesse is drawing a hard line. Yes, yeah, she is. I like it. I like it. One of her boundaries. Jesse, last year I brought Malcolm in Java, the newly released pumpkin spice spam. Ugh. And as Java said, neither popped the can. <laughs> well, who could blame us? So, yeah, no kidding. So, Jesse, being on the Gulf Coast, what is the most Gulf Coast thing that y'all do that is, represents what you would think of as Gulf Coast culinary or Gulf Coast, uh, uh, you know, Gulf Coast seasons? I, I, know, I know you don't probably do seafood, but what do y'all do that is uh, that is absolutely Gulf Coast? That is a really hard question. I mean, I don't. I don't know that our food necessarily represents the Gulf Coast culinary traditions, but I think it's I think it's the atmosphere and our our attempts to be welcoming to everybody. I mean, I think it's just being a small town shop and having relationships with our customers. I think that's the thing that makes us the most Gulf Coast. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, biscuits and the food that we make. That's from our hearts, and I think that also goes to it. But it's not—we're not making gumbo. We're not making any right. kind of the ca- the Cajun or coastal flavors. Um, but you are using but, local fruits and vegetables, correct? Yes. Yeah, we are. So it, I guess it's seasonal, um, and it it does go with what's available there. It just—it's not necessarily. I—I I don't know. That's kind of a hard question. That's for co- me. well. Um, I didn't mean to <laughs> you, throw you a hard question. No. It's not- what about salads? Do you guys sell uh, make a lot of salads? We do, and they are delicious. I think Kate and I both like salads to be full of stuff, not just lettuce. And our salads are so chock full of stuff. They are complete meals. Um, right now we have our autumn salad, which has roasted butternut squash and quinoa and kale um, with cranberries and feta and um, our local lettuce and we make our all of our own dressing so this one has a balsamic orange dressing on it let's and go it for is, lunch it's, <laughs> can it we get there in time probably well jesse thanks a million for joining us again we appreciate it and best of luck uh, at the greenhouse on porter and greenhouse biloxi deep south dining is a production of mississippi public broadcasting's think radio We are funded by generous contributions from folks just like you. Thanks. Our show is produced by Java Chapman for co-host Carol Puckett and our guest today, Jesse Zanor and Commissioner Andy Gibson. I'm Malcolm White. Please stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. Join us every Monday for Deep South Dining.